I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next conversation is with Chandler Levick and Jesse Todd, and we talk about their new film, We Forgot to Break Up. Chandler directs a 15-minute short that covers a whole lot of ground. It's a beautiful film. It's delightful. It's a deeply relational film. It's, it's, it's going to touch you, in a, I think, in a very particular way. So you, you need to see this film. It's, it's, it's about relationships. It's about, it's about anger. It's about identity. It's about... Um, uh, existential angst. We talk a little bit about philosophy, and believe me, don't let don't let that scare you off. Because we we t- we also talk about a whole lot of other things, and we we talk about this idea of maybe maybe there's a time when you need to decide, as Jesse says, decide to be selfish. Talk about sexuality and memory and identity and relationships and love and friendship and the past. I mean, it's just it's really quite remarkable the ground that uh, uh, Chandler is able to cover in this film. So uh, buckle up. You're going to enjoy it. We forgot to break up. The conversation uh, is coming right up. Don't forget uh, face-to-facelive.ca for more information about my podcasting. And we've got a whole slew of, of films this year, that, uh, producers, directors, actors that we're uh, having conversations with, hopefully engaging conversations for the most part. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my uh, speaking and writing, and also rabble.ca, where you'll find uh, these interviews and a whole lot more. Coming right up, Jesse Todd and director Chandler Levick talking about their new film, We Forgot to Break Up. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a couple a couple of very special guests here today. Uh, we have Chandler Levick and Jesse Todd with us here today to talk about uh, their new film, We Forgot to Break Up, world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival coming up. Uh, in, in, in 2017. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for the time today, guys. Oh, thanks for having no me. So I have to say, so we've got a short film, and I, I should have asked you before the tape was rolling, but we're gonna we're gonna get it live now on tape. Uh, and uh, it, uh, what what is we forgot to break up really all about? I mean, are, can we can we actually talk about the story? Can we talk about? Uh, are we are we gonna spoil it for people? 
Yeah, yeah I, I think, think we can talk think. about it. <laughs> uh, what, what you do you, want, think you take this one, Dr. Chandler. No, you answer this. Yeah, Chandler. <laughs> Tell us a little bit. I mean, so so any 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 film, any story about a band called Heidegger. I mean, count me in. Yeah, right. That is that is a pretty good um, sort of like nerdy cardigan wearing indie rock band name for sure. It's it's an awesome name for a band. <laughs> um, well, the film is an adaptation uh, of a novel called The Heidegger Stairwell, which was written by Kate Burgess. And it actually was written in three days, and it won this crazy three-day writing contest. Uh, so the producers um, of the film, Matt and Nicole Hillard Ford, uh, were really into this book, and they uh, wanted to adapt it. Um, so they asked me to adapt it into a short film that would kind of just tease out the dynamics and sort of the history of the band, which is the novel really captures their whole journey from when they meet in high school to when they're out on the road and they are middle-aged. Um, kind of their whole journey and trajectory as rock stars, but really the central guiding force in their life is uh, their manager, um, Evan Stroker, who um, when they meet in high school, um, the band relates to them they're, as a woman, but then halfway or sort of through the book, they, ha- they realize that um, they are, that's not ever a gender that they identified with. They're, uh, they're a man, um, they're a trans man, and they go through a really painful transition, both physically and emotionally. Um, well, not, not so much a physical painful transition, but a transition where they have to separate themselves uh, from this band that they really created and built their career and these friendships that mean so much to them and kind of um, sort of become the person that they're meant to be. Yeah, you know, it's like any great story, right? It's it's like I, what I what I want to say, what I, what I want to ask both of you is what what's the film really about? You know, it's it's <laughs> it's it's because you know it's friendship, it's 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 brokenness, it's separation. I mean, there's a real tension that you've created in the film channel, and a really, and and by the way, congratulations! I love the film, and I hope I hope everybody sees oh, it. Thank you. I mean, it's it's what is it? Sixteen minutes of your life, so you got to go and see this film. Um, <laughs> But you know, it's about brokenness. It's about sexuality and and, and, and challenging the status quo. I mean, so, so I mean, the list c- can continue. Jesse, what what what's the movie uh, about for you? Um, I think it's just about relationships, mm. and well, for me personally, because I am trans, like it's it's about coming out to people over and over again and having these old relationships with people that just feel like family members and you know they're not necessarily the healthiest relationships it's like you've been friends for so long and kind of seeing how that's gonna work once you've gone through transition and you're not really a kid anymore and you know yourself really well and then seeing if you can still fit together and kind of the pain and weirdness of all of that yeah well and i think there's yeah. some I, I think there's something really relatable too for everyone, right? I mean, I I, I said to Shannon mm. before before I think you were on the call that there it, there was a couple of soft touch points for me in this, and I think there's a, I mean, everybody it seems to me has has for the most part has gone through some kind of a broken relationship of one kind or another, and, and probably I would think is you know, going to resonate with the story in some way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's and it's sort of like. I think, you know, we understand the context of a relationship, you know, romantic breakup, but 
some of the most painful breakups like in our lives are with our friends. And I think that's what's the hardest thing about a friendship breakup is that person doesn't have to choose to stop being friends with you. And, you know, I think we've all kind of been in environments where we sort of have to go back to seeing these people who were such an influential part of our lives and who we really used to, who actually built kind of a significant part of our identity or who we think that we are. And, you know, when you realize that you're not the same person anymore and that that friendship's never really going to work, um, it's really sad. So was it was it a huge falling out or was it just a, a, a colossal misunderstanding? <laughs> With the band? Yeah. Well, I think it's also kind of like anything. Like everyone, you know, everyone has different sides to it and everyone sees things in a different way. Well, that's... So some I, people... I think that's where my question comes everyone, from. That, that, yeah, that perspective, right? And I think that's what's great about the film is that everyone has a different opinion on what Evan did to the band or did not do to the band or how they feel about seeing him again after so long. Some people are really excited. Some people, you know, are angry at him. Some people are just really hurt. Some people are pretending that it's not a big deal, but it actually is to them. I, I um, I, it's fun working with all the actors and, and finding all those different layers and stuff, um, especially, uh, especially with Jesse season every single scene and he really carries the film. Well, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right about layers. It's so many, so many nuances to it. I, it really is. It's got a really subtle and beautiful edge to it. It's really quite, quite remarkable. I love the way, uh, it's Lou, right? Jesse? Mm-hmm. When you're, when you're talking. Lou is, uh, my character is Evan. Lou is the, is my ex. Your ex. <laughs> and, and you, you can and and you've got this book that you've written that that <laughs> it, it, we're all quite unsure about. I think as viewers of the film and the story, because what you know, it it looks like quite a book too, by the way. Um, and he says he says to you sitting on the stage, which is just such a gorgeous shot, looking out over the Danforth Music Hall. I'm going to get a little plug in there. Uh, but he says, of course, I, of course, I want to read it, but it's it's just a little terrifying. And isn't isn't that isn't that kind of a, uh, aren't we all kind of there? We don't really want to go back, do we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh becomes very permanent once it's a, a memoir. Very permanent yeah, and, and, and very personal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Evan is a kind of character who doesn't really pull punches, so... I think uh, for Lou to read the book, he's going to really know how Evan feels about him. And maybe having a, a mystery is a bit easier. Yeah, I think there's something about a breakup where it's almost like afterwards, people develop like their own testimony about who, who was right and who was wrong in the breakup and who won the breakup and what the breakup is really about from one person's perspective. And then when you spend time away from that person, you kind of, carry that story in your head for such a long time that it becomes sort of like your own personal narrative. And so it always is really weird seeing an ex again and then realizing like, oh, I was just as much as a, of a as of fault or I did things to this person that we're equally playing, we equally love each other, we equally want to be together and feel like we can't be. So I think that was also nice to have a breakup scene that wasn't like um, two people screaming at each other but was really right. a bit sad and and there's a lot of love and like intimacy still there. It just can't work. Well, 
And, it, and I wonder, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this, Jesse, too. I mean, both of you, but there's a, and, and you create it so beautifully, Chandler, the, the tension, like you, you immediately know something's not quite right here. And yet you've got <laughs> so many different perspectives. You've got some people that are genu- you know, in the room that are genuinely thrilled to see you, or at least so it seems, and a, a Lou's brother who's pretty angry with you, I think, at probably how you mm-hmm. screwed, probably how you screwed up the band, but also how you maybe hurt his brother. But it it just mm-hmm. makes you wonder if you know it, 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 recon- reconciliation. You know, is it possible? Uh, can can are you going to be able to get back in? You may never manage the band again, but but there's still a sense that you guys are all friends. Do you know Do you know what I mean? There's this tension there. Yeah, for sure. It's like that thing where you're like you can be really angry with someone. And then when you see them and you actually have a conversation, it just kind of like goes away. So I right. think there could be reconciliation. I think they all care about each other and love each other. Um, yeah, I think that's why the song at the end that they performed is, is, was really nice to, to film and to have it sort of a bookend for the movie. Cause it's like almost like they're, they're giving it to Evan, like they're offering something to him. Like they can't express it, but they can express it in music. Um, and I find that sort of what a lot of musicians are, are kind of articulate until they get on stage. Was there, was there a sense at any point, Chandler, that you, you were going to really tell us what happened last time? Uh, I think there's, I think, <laughs> I think there's a line where I think it's, uh, um, Lou's, Lou's brother, um, uh, can't, uh, can Angus, is it Angus? Yeah. Yeah. Says, yeah. you know, after, of course, after uh, what, after what happened last time, like, you know, you, you, yeah. you, wh- well, I don't think that I like that kind of writing that's too expositional and I'm not good at it. So I think my stronger students could maybe make more like jokes <laughs> right. and awkward moments just happen. So I think that was a real challenge because the book does have an enormous amount of backstory and it's only a 15 minute short, right. like trying to kind of like, and parcel out information and kind of make the audience like fill in the gap. And those are the kinds of films that I like too, and the kind of theater that I like. So, yeah, I don't think we wanted to sort of like hit people over the head. I think it's, right. it's nicer to sort of leave a little bit of ambiguity in there. Well, there's something so thoughtful about about it in that sense because you don't, you, you do, there is a lot of reading between the lines or there's a lot of potential for it. It seems to me, and and I think that's quite quite marvelous, Jesse. How do you? Uh, what can you say about the rel- the relevance of of the story of the film? I mean, the timing of it is just almost too perfect. Um. Well, I think it's relevant because I don't know. Is like you mean relevant to everyone or to trans people? Or? Yeah, I guess to the the whole mm-hmm. trans conversation and what's going on, not just in the U.S. I mean, it's always fun as Canadians to point the finger at the U.S., but it's it's kind of it's kind of going on everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. it's fun to point the finger. It's it's kind of a it's like it's no, it's. And I'm sorry, I'm speaking over Jesse right now. <laughs> I guess I think it's important oh. to have just different representations of characters because. Mm. If you've never seen a trans character on screen before, you know, we've only seen them previously in films where they're getting victimized or assaulted a lot of the time. And and only now are we starting to see a little bit more like multivalent representations of of the trans experience, which is never any one thing. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Jesse. Yeah, I think that it's um, it's nice to have representations of trans people that are just relatable and actually trans. And so it's like nice for trans people to be able to see themselves on screen, but also for other people who might have misconceptions about Mm -hmm. trans people to see the reality that we're just normal, boring people. (laughs) Yeah, like I think the fact that the film is so universal, like Mm -hmm. that it's just about an experience that everyone has, and that Evan's actually kind of a dick and like selfish and sort of, um, you know, like he's not like an innocent angel or anything. He has lots of layers of complexity. And I think that's what we need to see more of. Is this is this story for you guys? Is this is this about empathy? Is is that kind of a, a real theme? Uh, for me, I I wouldn't really say empathy. I mean, in some ways, but I think it's more about figuring out what you need and mm. doing that whether or not that's going to hurt other people. Mm. Kind of about, I think, like... <laughs> it's so true. That's yourself. a really great point. So, it's... Like, a- I think everyone has that kind of point in their life where you have to, yeah, maybe decide to be selfish and uh, go with it, no matter what the consequences are. Well, it's about, it's about, it's about choices, really, on some level, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like I don't think anyone would say that like what Evan's doing is a healthy choice. And there's lots of people in the movie that are telling him like, "Why are you here? You should go." <laughs> but I guess sometimes you have to make a, a decision that you know is bad for you in order to kind of like move on with your life and get closure on something. Right. And it, you know, it could be embarrassing or it could be really hard. But then like you know, at least you're gonna come out of it on the other side going. I don't have to think about that anymore. Um, I've got to talk a little bit about Heidegger because I spent a good chunk of my life reading uh, him uh, as as a philosopher and having studied philosopher. I mean, it's all about uh, it's it's all about it's largely about identity. It's it's coming to terms with you know existential angst and anxiety and questions around death and those kinds of things. Did did any of that uh, <laughs> ha- play a role in in how you guys? piece the film together. Um, I actually I don't, don't know, know anything about <laughs> that's that's <laughs> hilarious, like Jesse. Philosophy class in, in university and I definitely failed it. I was like so bad at writing philosophy papers. Uh, did he write Being in Time and Nothingness? Yeah, there you I go. Know. He wrote he wrote Being in Time. Being in Nothingness was Sartre. Okay. Yeah. I guess okay. you, we don't, we I, we absolutely don't have to get into the nuances of philosophy. But what <laughs> I what I love about it is, you know, here's this, uh, you know, I'm I'm watching the film and I see this quick sort of cut to the the drum with Heidegger, and I'm like, okay, come on, that's <laughs> that's too cool, that's too awesome, because, I mean, this was about authenticity, it was about transparency, it was about being human, it was about being more fully human, and experiencing. You know, uh, as as Heidegger would say, the average in the everyday, and that's what you've done so beautifully with your film. And I mean, it's just, it's 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 lovely and remarkable and so tender and touching. It's it's yeah, it's it's really quite beautiful. That's so nice. I, I think you're the only person so far that's, that's uh, referenced any um, existentialism <laughs> to that, but 
I really appreciate it. I actually, like, I mean, I love all that stuff. I love, like, remember, I love, like, Emmanuel Kant and, uh, right. you know, Descartes and stuff. Yes. Um, but, uh, but I was more into, like, uh, the, the kind of more, like, the Zizek, like, pop-cultural right. Lacan side of things. Right, but sure. But I really appreciate that. That's so nice. I mean, I think that reading philosophy definitely makes you um, a better filmmaker. I, but I honestly got such bad marks on all my philosophy papers. <laughs> I never was allowed to take another class. That's so funny. You were never. Uh, I have to say, my favorite line, and I may, I may, may misquote it, but I, I live in Los Angeles, where where one is not necessary, <laughs> could be my favorite line this festival so far. So. Oh man, that's so nice. That's about not needing a winter coat. Uh, that was all improv by the actors. Oh, is that right, eh? Jesse, how much? For that. That's really cool. I love I love to hear that kind of thing. You know, just how how the the process, how does it unfold? You know, so many filmmakers have so many different approaches. Some are all about script and all about timelines, and others are you know all about you know it's about it's about knowing the material and then and then and then creating from the material. You know, it's really quite quite interesting. Jesse, how much of of you was in this performance? I feel like a lot, actually. Mm. I have never acted before, so anytime that we were doing any sort of um, improv, it felt a lot more natural because I could just talk to people. So, yeah, working with Dove was really fun. Um, there was a lot of improv in our scene, and it was just, like, funny and cute and felt natural. Um, and I think through the process of, like, going through the script with Chandler, um, we had been kind of talking about it for months before filming, and I was helping her to make it more real from a trans perspective, I guess. Um, Yeah, I feel like a lot of things in it. Yeah, like, Jesse had a lot of really great um, notes on the script that really informed the character and made it a lot more specific. And they were really protective of a lot of aspects of mm. the character. I would write things and they'd be like, no, I don't, I've been used to like win or you shouldn't say that or, you know, and, and I think that was all incredibly instrumental in just making a way stronger, better, more compelling specific character. Um, I also, yeah, we just had a lot of conversations too about, um, you know, like what Evan would have gone through in the period that he was away going through transition because it's not an experience that I knew anything about. And I was kind of nervous and apprehensive of making a film about an experience that I don't know anything about or don't identify with. Um, So having Jesse as a collaborator was like, um, you know, I'm like immensely gratified because they also, you know, like challenged me um, when I had some assumptions or biases about, the character or what I thought needed to be in the movie and they'd be like, why do you want to put that in there? And I'd be like, oh, you're right. That's, I don't know why I did either. And it, it made, it made me, I think I learned a lot and I also got to like, um, grow as a person making the movie. I wonder, I want, we're going to have to wrap it up in a couple minutes, guys, but I wonder, I wonder to what degree that they, they really didn't ever break up. (laughs) Are you talking about the band? Uh, yeah, you know, really- you know what? Maybe both. Maybe I'm talking about the band. Maybe <laughs> you know the the just this this core group of people. Because isn't isn't that what makes 
life so interesting, that complexity, that paradox, that contradiction. You've got a little anger, you got a little hate, maybe I despise you today, oh, yeah. but I love you tomorrow. There's the tension. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just that back and forth. It's never really easy. It's pretty messy hanging out with other human beings, frankly, right? Yeah. Oh my god, it's a fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hysterical. There's the soundbite, Jesse. That's the soundbite yeah. for today's interview. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think all the layers of being again are crazy. Like, it's like your family, you spend all your time with them. You also rely on them for, like, all of your financial stability and also, like, your creative fulfillment. It's like an artistic collaboration, but it's also a business relationship. And I just think about bands like Arcade Fire or Broken Social Scene that have been together for so long. And they've all... Clearly, like, they're, some of them are married to each other. Some of them are in solo projects now. You know, there's always one person at the band that everyone associates with. My, and there's all the people that they've worked with for so long, too, that are behind the scenes and what their relationships are. So it is really complex. It's like a family. It really is. Well, I, I love the film, and I, I love what you're able to do in such a... It's, it, it's, it's going to be... I would think it's going to be pretty encouraging and affirming to other young filmmakers out there what you've been able to do in 15 minutes. You've done in such a, a, a compelling way. I mean, pretty much all shot backstage at the Danforth Music Hall. I know. This, it, uh, thank you so much. That's really, really nice to hear. Um, I've been going to TIP for like eight years, and uh, I just think that this year especially, there's so many talented Canadian short filmmakers like uh, Connor Jessica and Matthew Franken and Maxi Locos and uh, Carolyn Monet. And, like, um, you know, really the shorts this year are some of the most extraordinary films I've seen in the past. So how are you? you can check them out. Yeah, no kidding. How are you both feeling as, as you uh, are about to walk into the festival in every possible way? Oh, man, I don't even have an outfit yet. Like, <laughs> well, you better get on that, Jesse. I know. I don't have an outfit either. It's an. It's I'm a, a bit overwhelmed. Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> no, it really is. Yeah, it really is. Well, congratulations. Thanks Thanks for your time today. We're, we're talking to Chandler Levick and Jesse Todd about their new film, We Forgot to Break Up, world premiering at the Toronto International Film Festival. What a pleasure talking to you guys. Look, look forward to... Uh, uh, bumping into you at the festival in the very near future. Absolutely. Yes, nice Thank to you, David. You. I'll give you a philosophy book. I'll look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving you anything. <laughs> but I am, I am looking forward to the outfit, Jesse. Okay, I'll make it real nice. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.